When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. This is Jimmy Gasparro, the interview content editor for Comic Book Yeti. And I'm here with Jordan Plosky, uh, a co-founder of crowdfunding website Zoop, uh, Z-O-O-P dot com. And uh, we're here today. Jordan's going to talk a little bit about his background and then about Zoop and about some of the great campaigns on Zoop and what Zoop can offer creators who are looking for a venue for crowdfunding their their comics projects. Uh, Jordan, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know how far into my background we'll get, but we could start in the world of comics and then see where that goes. Um, sure. You know what I'm talking about from before we started rolling, but um, you know, for me, like it all it all goes back to um, the New Warriors. I know that that's like a crazy place to start, but that book has just stuck with me my entire life from like from the time I'm 11 to 41 currently. You know, I, that that book for some reason just stuck with me, resonated with me. That was like what superheroes were supposed to be. That was my escape into another world. That was like the immersion of finding the joy of, of comics. It all comes back to the New Warriors, Mark Bagley, Fabian Nicieza, um, you know, followed Bagley to Amazing Spider-Man and then Ultimate Spider-Man. And, and now I kind of just try to read a, a bunch of everything. Um, it, it's really hard to keep up though, man. I, I, I'll be honest, I've kind of dropped a lot of like Marvel and DC just because I can't keep up with like six X-Men titles at once or anything like that. Uh, so I read a lot of indie stuff, you know, Image Boom. Um, just reading Nice House on the Lake because there's like no, you know, world continuity that you need for like the content. I like the contained stories lately. That That's kind of um, where I'm at. But my entry into the, the world of the business side of comics uh, in 2014, I formed my first startup called Comic Blitz. Uh, and that was, for lack of a better way to describe it, really a competitor to Comixology Unlimited, subscription-based digital comics. And we had licensed content from IDW and Dynamite and Aspen and Zeniscope. And we had a lot of great stuff, but it was just a really hard market to break into when there was such a dominant market leader like Amazon, basically owning Comixology. Right. Um, so very hard, very competitive, very difficult to get investors interested in such a niche market. Uh, we wound up selling the company, though, uh, to a video streaming service in 2018. Um, and then the pandemic hit. and I needed something positive to focus on. I enjoyed building a business before. And I was like, all right, I got to figure out like what's missing. What, 
what's out there. I started talking to a bunch of people, one of which was my current co-founder, uh, Eric Moss. So Eric's background was he, he spent three years doing business development for IDW. Before that, he was at Disney Interactive. And maybe most notably for this phone call or this podcast interview, whatever, um, uh, he was the project manager, the campaign manager on the Berserker crowdfunding campaign for Boom Studios, Keanu oh. Reeves. Wow. Yeah. So that's the Huge number one campaign. That's the number one <laughs> comics crowdfunding campaign of all time. And he was the project manager yeah. there. Um, he had done other crowdfunding for um, IDW. And he also did some crowdfunding as, as campaign manager for Cryptozoic Entertainment as well for board games and miniatures and, and things like that. So a oh, lot wow. of experience, a lot of experience in that world coupled with my experience in tech and startups. And we we came together, found uh, a tech co-founder based in Europe. The three of us are the co-founders of Zoop. Um, and our fourth, mo I guess, most prominent member is Brett Schenker, uh, who handles all of our marketing, uh, email, social media, uh, press, PR, everything like that. And that's, that's basically the core team. A few other people here and there that help out uh, when we need, but yeah. Oh, wow. I guess, yeah. So that's the journey to present day. Okay. So so you talked a little, when you started, you were talking about New Warriors and from when <laughs> you started reading comics. But, but now with me, I liked comics when I was younger and then had a big gap in terms yeah. of, you know, going to school, high school, college. I'm an attorney, so law school. And I was uh, away from, you know, comics. And then it wasn't until uh, years later that I kind of got back into it so um did you have you know with you did you have a similar thing were you away from it or were you always at least had your your toes in the water of comics to some degree yeah like everybody else i had i had that moment where i was out of it it was kind of replaced by like punk rock you know green day and and rancid and and bad religion and no effects and all these bands like hit the scene and i was just uh, like that was everything for me uh okay yeah that whole scene but what like the cool thing was i don't think my gap was so long because then we started seeing you know x-men and spider-man hitting the movie theaters and be and right. I, as a as a comic fan i don't know if everybody else felt this but i'm like i'm validated you know like what i what i <laughs> like wasn't stupid and and you know now they're taking it seriously like and that kind of got me like back into a little bit of like checking out what's on the stands and like ultimate x-men you know was out sort of around the same time it, the the big resource and i always like to credit this is the library uh, oh absolutely I would, the, I would go to the library and that was the first time i read watchmen was taking out a graphic novel at the library um you know dark knight rises it, you know I, I read the entire run of ultimate spider-man uh from the library and i found my all-time <laughs> all-time favorite graphic novel uh for people who haven't read it you have to check it out. Uh, it's called Asterius Polyp, uh, which is by David Mazzucchelli. Right. David Mazzucchelli from Batman Year One, Daredevil Born Again. Um, one of the greatest artists of all time did this offbeat, non-traditional graphic novel that is a masterclass in the form of graphic storytelling, like the, the kind of stuff that you just can't do in any other medium. And to me, it's the best graphic novel I, I don't know. There's really yeah. something about it. So anybody listening, check that out if you haven't already. You, you won't be upset. I hope I didn't yeah, oversell I, it. Uh, no, you you didn't at all. Uh, everyone should. 
Um, I'm the same way in terms of the library. I mean, I when I first realized that the library basically down the street from my house when we moved into a new area, I mean, I, Why the Last Man, all those types of series, I was just like, yep. you know, uh, 100 Bullets. I was just, oh, look, yeah. they're all just, I mean, yeah. Free. Uh, they're all right there. They're all free. right there. They're all right there yeah. and free. Just just to fill out the, get your library card and you're, you're good to go. But uh, uh, yeah. so... When you turn to a project like this with with Zoop, um, it first started. I you guys had build your build yourself as like a concierge type of service, and mm-hmm. um, so what, what was I guess kind of like the thought behind doing things that way? Because um, you were essentially in charge of and handling just about everything from the beginning to end, including fulfillment as that service, right? Correct. Okay. Well, so yeah, the thought behind it was, like I said, that, you know, the pandemic hit, and you see, you know, DC Comics having their bloodbath and letting all these people go and slashing their yeah. publishing line by twenty five percent, which I don't, you know, goes overlooked a lot. But that's, you know, a lot less jobs for writers and artists. Where are they going to go? Other publishers, but maybe now they're pushing someone else out who also needs an outlet for their their creation. At the same time, you're seeing. Uh, Dynamite closed down for a few months. Retailers closed down. On the other side of things, you're seeing crowdfunding rise and rise and rise. So now we're like, all right, we see what's going on. E-commerce was booming. Crowdfunding was booming, but it wasn't perfect. I'm not saying that Zoop made it perfect, but we look to fill those gaps and say, what's missing? And with Eric's experience, uh, and we also have an advisor, her name is Camilla Zhang. Uh, She was the comics outreach lead at Kickstarter for around two years. Uh, a couple of years ago. So we have her experience, oh, okay. her know-how as well as, as part of the team. But the thing that we really saw was people who were like afraid to do crowdfunding because now that means that they have to package, you know, 500 comics in their living room of their apartment or, you know, <laughs> sure. like, you know, they're, they're, it, t- it could take potentially, I should back up a second. Crowdfunding a campaign essentially can be a full-time job. Anybody who's done it knows that, right? There are, oh, people who are, there are people who are afraid to take that step because they just don't have the time in their schedule. Either they have a day job because they're not a full-time comics professional or they are a comics professional and they don't have time to run, a, you know, to handle every aspect of a crowdfunding campaign because then they're going to miss out on their freelance work, which is really paying the rent. So with Zoop, we kind of figured that all right, there isn't like a a, a turnkey solution. There isn't this end-to-end solution for anybody right now. Meaning we handle, so first I should say we are our own platform. We're we're not tacked on to Kickstarter like BackerKit, for example, right? So we're our own platform. You go to zoop.gg and you'll see all the campaigns that we have running there. The initial iteration though, was that we were handling campaign management which was everything from strategy and budgeting to P&Ls and getting estimates for printing and fulfillment and everything like that and kind of working on budgets and what the rewards are going to be and handling all the updates um, you know, for these creators doing all the marketing, email marketing, uh, press, PR, social media marketing, yelling at the moon, just making sure everybody knows you know, <laughs> that, that, that we could possibly reach you know, right. and, and really like busting our ass throughout the campaign that we offer that I don't see other crowdfunding campaigns, uh, excuse me, crowdfunding sites offering 
is we do retailer outreach. Now, I know you could do a retailer tier on other platforms, but for us, I mean, we're, we're targeting retailers. We want to bring retailers in to the world of crowdfunding in a way that they kind of aren't anymore. You know, they're, they're weary of it. They don't, they don't know if they should trust it. It's not diamond, whatever it is, but we're working to figure out a way that it makes sense for retailers to back crowdfunding campaigns. So whether that's, you know, wholesale discounts and bundles or specific custom orders, we have the flexibility to handle all of that. And with some of these bigger name creators, we've had the fortune of also providing exclusive retailer variant covers, which is incredibly oh, cool. helpful. Yeah, it's yeah. incredibly helpful, you know, for those creators who are selling that to retailers as exclusives. I'm not going to get into the economics of it, but it's incredibly helpful financially to a campaign. Um, you know, it not only increases uh, the tally of the money that's being brought in, but it also increases your print run and how many comics you're printing, how many people get to read your story, you know, and it provides right. you another ally with that retailer who's going to now hand sell those books, you know, on your behalf. So that's another way that we're a little bit different. Something else that we saw that needed uh, maybe a little bit of tweaking, a little bit of fixing is if you go and back a campaign on Zoop, you get to choose as many rewards as you want, as many add-ons as you want all at once. You have to pick a reward to unlock any add-ons. Typically the add-ons are like commissions or sketches or getting drawn into a comic or some of the higher price items, but we want you to have the book too. So you have to buy a book in order to be able to purchase an add-on, but you could buy two books. You could buy two books and the digital, you could buy two books in volume one. If you know, this is a, a like a volume two or volume three, uh, campaign but the point is it's just like checking out from amazon for example right you go to amazon you're like all right i need that 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 and you throw it in your cart and you check out so we kind of do away with the need for backer kit which okay people people who are running campaigns on our site love because that's additional work for them that we're just taking off their plate and it makes it easier for backers too because once you back it you're done you're not answering surveys you're not having to handle you know, like backer kit getting in touch with you, asking you what else would you like to buy because you couldn't buy it the first time around. You know, so it's all it's all streamlined into that one process when you back or pre-order a campaign on uh, on Zoop. It's all done at that one time. Correct. Streamlined is okay. the op optimal word for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and then and now, well, I'm so sorry, Jim. I'm going to keep going just for a second because no, no, go ahead. To the end it. of the campaign. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Now the end of the campaign, how are you going to print this book? Where are you going to go? You know, so we save all these creators the time of, you know, doing the research, sourcing, vetting, negotiating rates for their printers. And then we, we communicate between the printer and the fulfillment partner that we have to get these packages out to all the backers, meaning these creators aren't having to do it themselves. Yes, we are more expensive than a Kickstarter when you, when you put all these services together. But I mean, if you were to, hire all these people individually to, to, you know, hire someone to do your fulfillment, hire someone to do your marketing, hire someone to be your campaign manager, hire someone to handle printing for you. You know, you're going to spend way sure. more money, spend a lot more time, you know, putting a team together. Whereas if you call us and you want to work with us, that's, that's it. That's the one phone call you need to make. Right. Okay. That was the original business model for Zoop. And we were targeting, you know, um, notable creators, creators who are constantly working, you know, 
in in comics. Uh, you know, we did a campaign with Ron Mars and Andy Lanning, uh, Rick Leonardi. Right, uh, and I saw you. You um, you also had one for the the reprint of the Winter Men, correct? Yeah. So this this project was, uh, you know, for those who may or may not know, John Paul Leone is one of the greats. Uh, he passed away yeah, last absolutely. year, yeah. very young. I mean, I don't fifty. Maybe he was fifty, fifty one, something like that. But he left behind a wife and a daughter. The Winter Men was his creator owned book, his one and only creator owned book. Um, and my 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 co-founder, my partner Eric, uh, like I said, he spent time at IDW. Um, at IDW is where they do all those artist editions books. Uh, Scott Dunbeer is the editor over there. And Eric and Scott were talking uh, about potentially doing this book. Um, so Bernard Chang and Tommy Lee Edwards, two artists, uh, John Paul Leone's best friends, we all got together uh, and we ran this campaign. And all the proceeds, we, we we didn't take a cut. All the proceeds went to the family of John Paul Leone. So yeah, that's awesome. Scott, yeah, Scott provided his services for free. Bernard and Tommy, you know, did everything so that all the money would go to John Paul's wife and daughter. Uh, we forego for forwent, at, you know, any fees that we typically take. Um, and yeah, we raised over one hundred ninety thousand uh, dollars. You know, a, a lot of books. You know, a lot of people really turned out for that campaign. Um, and not only that, I mean, we had people like Bill Sinkevich, Walt Simonson, Peach Momoko. Um, all contribute art prints to this campaign as well. So it was a really high profile campaign for Zoop, you know, really helped put us on the map. Thanks to things like that, we're having a lot more conversations with higher end creators. Excuse me, I shouldn't say higher end creators, you know, just, but just more established, notable creators. Yeah. I don't want to, I'm, you know, it's subjective. I'm not trying to say anyone's any better or worse, but just people who are a little bit well, more established. Yeah. Right. I, I understand. I understand what you meant. Creators who yeah. have a, a little bit more, you know, well known in terms of um, yeah. name recognition. I mean, you know, even in the little bit of time that I've been in the comics world and in, you know, comics Twitter, like you understand that they're, you know, so you say Walt Simonson, most people are probably going to know who Walt Simonson is. There's of some course. other creators who I absolutely love, but they might not even know who they are at my local comic shop, but you know, they're, they're yeah, the yeah. work, you know, I, I get it. Yeah. I know what you meant. Um, you know, and then Kickstarter put out the best Zoop PR announcement we could have ever asked for, <laughs> you know, so that happened in December and, and we knew we had to react immediately, right? Like this was an opportunity with the plan had right. always the, our plan had always been to open it up to everybody. That, but it was, we just, we thought that we would have everything in place before we made that decision on our own. But when this Kickstarter announcement happened, it was like, all right, we just got to go and, and, you know, we're going to create a solution here that works. It might not be as elegant as Kickstarters at the moment, but we're working out the kinks and we're, you know, we've already started running our first campaigns. Um, and what this is, this is a model that's more similar to Kickstarter, where we take a platform fee. We will handle the credit card processing. And because of the way that this is set up, it's not completely automated. So a, a creator is going to work with us still to create their campaign page, you know, putting up all their rewards, um, doing the updates will come through us and everything because we just technologically don't have the solution for individuals to access our back end at this time, right? It, like we have a master back end. Okay. We don't have individual portals, but 
we make it as easy as possible. We create all the documentation needed. Um, you know, Jimmy, if you were going to run a campaign, we'll tell you every you know piece of art that you need. You know, to correlate with your rewards and you know what verbiage and copy and text you need to fill out the campaign page for your story and bios and and the synopsis. We'll walk you through what you need to do for a video. So we're still very hands on, and because of you know us being involved, we're also handing over all the the um, backer information for these creators to handle printing and fulfillment themselves but we're also sort of helping a bit with the the delinquent backers and pledge management on the back end of things just to make sure that the, you know everybody's getting charged everybody's address is, is correct and they're going to get their product you know when the time comes to ship and fulfill so we're still we're not completely hands-off you know, and, and quite frankly, because we're running, you know, a few of these campaigns right now, I'm still tweeting my ass off and like trying to like give as much, <laughs> give as much love to all these campaigns as possible, you know? Right. Um, so they're still getting, you know, added benefits in a way that like you don't get on Kickstarter where you get lost in the shuffle of 150 live campaigns at any given moment. And that's just in comics and graphic novels. So right now sure. we have a handful of campaigns. Everybody's featured. <laughs> So, no, I, I appreciate that. So let me just kind of break down that a little bit um, and get into a, a, a few specifics of it. Uh, in terms of creating the, the page, your, your campaign page. So yes. if I'm a creator and I go, you know, submit your project to Zoop, um, you're going to create that page, but you're going to tell me the information I need to give you in order to, and you guys do it in the layouts and you put it on. Correct. I, I, I got that. Okay. Um, in terms of the back end stuff with um, actually getting everything printed and with fulfillment and shipping everything out, uh, that's all on the creator then. Correct. Yeah. So okay. for, for, for this model, you know, for us to provide sort of as close of, of an apples to apples of what people are used to, you know, from Kickstarter, then yes, right. we, we're not providing printing or fulfillment services. Okay. Is there still an option to do the concierge service for somebody if you look at the project and you're like, oh, yeah, we can do this way? Or like, are you still doing both? Or have you now completely switched to just doing the, um, the, 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 the more open model? We're still doing both. Um, okay. You know, the cool, th the cool thing about the open model, like as you're calling it, and I like that, by the way, because we, we haven't really had a, a name for it, you know? Um, but the open model is we could help so many more people, right? Because right. It, it, it's way less of our time and bandwidth for those campaigns versus being the campaign manager, handling the marketing from day to day, you know? And then like, I think a lot of people may really not know how much work like the printing and fulfillment can be depending on how large, um, excuse me, how large, you know, a print run you need to do, how many different covers, et cetera. One of the campaigns that we have coming up um, that is like one of our, um, our concierge. Uh, I just lost the word campaign. Wow. Okay. One of our concierge, <laughs> one of our concierge campaigns is Tim Seeley. Uh, Nightwing writer, uh, you know, for for most people who probably know him from that. Um, he had a creator-owned book years ago from before Hack Slash uh, called Love Bunny and Mr. Hell. Um, and we're putting out a hardcover deluxe edition of it with him 
let's let's just say the month of February. So if people like Tim Seeley, go check it out. Uh, sign up, you know, for the email alerts for the early bird specials and stuff like that. Um, it's at zoop.gg. Um, one of the other campaigns that we have coming up that is also like one of our concierge campaigns uh, is called Dead Dreams. Uh, this is with Brittany Matter, and I, I'm. I, I want to say it's Dalen Ogden, and I hope I'm it pronouncing is, yeah. that. Okay, Dalen Ogden, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. and uh, their their art's great. That's I'm I'm excited about that one. I'm excited about Dead Dreams. Yeah, so we're helping them from A to Z. So we're doing you know a bunch of marketing, oh, cool. we're doing the campaign management, and then when it comes time to print and fulfill, we're going to be handling that for them as well. Oh, nice. So, I, it, is there any crossover if somebody does? Um, if somebody does do the open model and you talked about with the concierge service in terms of reaching out to retailers and some of those promotional aspects, other than maybe other than social media, is there any type of assistance with somebody doing the, the open model in terms of retailer reach out? Not at this time. And, and, okay. and I think, I think the reason for that is you have to incentivize these retailers like above and beyond you know it what happens with them is they're laying out money um so this this is a great this is a great topic actually you know when it when it comes to to retailers a lot of times you know someone will say well how much of my project do i need to have completed before i do it before i run a campaign sure great question depends <laughs> what de depends what your goals are if all you want to do is get backers, you need at least five pages of art to show people, hey, this is what the story is. You know, it we're in production, like we're not just wasting our time. Like, you know, we're showing you proof of concept here. And that's typically like the minimum that you would need like to run a campaign. When you're looking to sell to retailers, you should be finished with your book. It needs to be turned around as quickly as possible because if a retailer is going to give you, let's say, a hundred dollars. They don't want to wait six months for your book. You know, that's that's a hundred dollars of their cash flow gone. And you have to think of it from the retailer's perspective. Is there something special about the book? Is there something different? Do you have a variant cover artist that kind of guarantees that it's going to sell if they buy a few copies of it? You know, will they make their money back? That's what these retailers are looking for. So for independent individual creators you know, that maybe haven't done mainstream work before, it's going to be a tougher sell to get into retailers, you know, to get into stores, unless you have those personal relationships in your local radius. Um, or if you have, you know, a hot variant cover artist, <laughs> yeah, those are kind of the strategies. For, those are the kind of the strategies for retail, you know, it, it's, right. you know, that's the truth. I, I'm, you know, try, try yeah, to no, make it as, I, as clear cut, right. you know, transparent as possible. No, I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so it, I, I guess in terms of um, the the difference with these projects is there and the number of them, is there a cap in terms of what, you know, you, uh, how many projects you guys uh, at Zoop are going to have going at, at one time? I mean, because I guess what I wanted to get at, I, I understand this is, a bit of an unfair question in terms of how long Zoop has been around compared to some, you know, a company like Kickstarter, whereas you sure. have, because of how long it's been around, you just have more recognition and you have more users going and they might see something on the homepage 
mm-hmm. that they're going to click and you know somebody's going to get a certain number of dollars because there's more users just going over there because they're you know they're aware of it so in terms of generating you know more users on zoop and more content creation and and other creators going there is there a cap on the number of campaigns you're able to run right now and and i guess the second part of that is what what are you, what is zoop doing in terms of trying to entice more creators to come and use the platform sure um i think there's a cap on how many concierge campaigns we could run at once because it's very hands-on um okay that makes sense you know in terms of how many campaigns we can run um for the open model let's call it um (laughs) we haven't we haven't reached that cap yet we have a nice steady influx but it, it seems to be paced out well enough that we're not killing ourselves you know doing so many campaigns each day if that makes sense like we we have we're able to to bring on anybody who wants to come on as long as they have the flexibility, you know, that we could stagger out the releases of each of these campaigns. So we really haven't, we really haven't felt the crunch or like, Hey, you know, that we can't handle anymore at this point, as long as everyone's, you know, a little bit flexible and we just keep scheduling them and keep bringing more on and more on. Okay. Um, is there, yeah, there was a second part to the question. Yeah, the second part was just in terms of, is there anything in particular Zoop is doing to try and entice more creators to come over to the site and to kind of increase, you know, the amount of traffic as much as I hate the phrase amount of traffic, but. <laughs> no, 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 un- un- understood. I mean, you know, if Kickstarter keeps doing press announcements for us, we'll, we'll take all of that. Um, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, it's interesting. It's chipping away. It's chipping away. And and what I mean by that is like each of these new campaigns that we're running, they're bringing a hundred new backers, 150 new backers potentially, you know, and if we keep running, if we run 10 of those campaigns, that's a thousand new people that we didn't have before, you know, sure. it just takes time in that regard. Yeah. Coupled with some of these concierge campaigns that we're running, you know, someone like Tim Seeley, I think had like eight or 900 backers on, on his Kickstarter. So if he could bring a portion of those over to Zoop, you know, that's going to be another few hundred people. Um, we have a campaign, the pre the pre launch page, we're supposed to put up tomorrow. In case it doesn't happen, I don't want to mention it here. But okay, what? So I'm sorry, but just keep I guess that's... keep your eyes open tomorrow. Um, All right. But it's bringing these higher name creators, man, I said it again, and I don't mean it like that. But like these more, 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 more established recognizable. Creators. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> these more these recognizable creators to the platform right because they have this built-in audience this built-in fan base and those people are going to come and just you know it's going to spread in in that regard i mean some of the conversations that we're having behind the scenes that i can't get into with some of the names in comics right now that you know we're on their radar right now between you know launching a new platform between the john paulione campaign between Kickstarter's announcement and believe me like it it shook people that you wouldn't think that it was going to shake if that makes sense all Some right conversations we're having you're like I didn't know that you even followed this or cared about this but <laughs> welcome you know like come on right so it's it, it's just going to take time you know we, we get that question a lot too which is funny like how are you going to compete with the company that's been around for 12 years it's like well we're you know like yeah there, That's there why I no, said I, I, I mean yeah, it's yeah. a bit of an unfair question, but it's one it's one we a creator it, wants yeah. to know. If you see, you know, I, I know, you know, on 
several creators who are running Kickstarter campaigns right now or are thinking about it or who just ran one and are wondering what they're going to do for the next one. And that's what that's the thing that they you know want to know. Somebody that has a campaign who they get 200 backers and they get $5,000 who have a campaign campaign on that level. And they're like, well, yep. what type of, you know, what other traffic and numbers? And they, they, that's the type of things that when they dig into the minutia about it, you know, so that's what they're so asking. Here, here's the cool thing. When you, when you do a Kickstarter, you have access to all those backers and you can communicate with them. You can let them know well ahead of time. Hey, we're planning something. Kickstarter is not, you know, censoring these messages. You could let all of your backers know if you're planning on, on bringing your next one to Zoop, you know, and give them, you know, incentivize them. Prepare right. now for when, for when that campaign is gonna launch on Zoop and, and let them know, hey, if you come, we'll, we'll have a special, you know, Kickstarter transition bundle, you know, like just prove that you backed mm -hmm. our last Kickstarter and we'll throw something special for you this time. You know, right. you have a way to reach out to all those people who have backed you before. And the more, the more campaigns we do, the more conversations we have, the more we post on social media and people see our names, they, they'll get used to us. They'll, they'll think of us sure. as, an, as an actual platform. Like, all right, I'll check this out. I'll put it on my credit card. I know it's a new site and, you know, some people are, are iffy about putting down a credit card for a new site. But we started fulfilling our first campaigns and we have more, you know, that are that are being sent out real soon. So, you know. Yeah, I was go I was going yeah. through and looking at some of the ones that just recently uh funded. Um uh Nightcrawlers uh yeah. was one that recently funded looked great. And um I was excited. I just saw 33 is is launching. Um that comic looks like a lot of fun and you know i'm hoping it does well on it and it'll be uh you know interesting to see because it looks like it's uh i think it's like a five volume well i, I have it open in front of me i could click on it but um sure sure i mean it you know it just uh all the different stuff about about that yeah i think it's like uh like five issues in terms of one volume it looks like a great campaign and it looks like a great comic so i'm excited about all those i hope they all i hope they all do well um thoughtscape I think number one and two is is yep. uh, is on there right now as well. So, and, and I got to tell you, we stuff. Have, yeah, we have another one called Sky Vane. I think this is um, their name is Sen Holiday. I believe this is their first crowdfunding campaign. We had a great first day. Uh, you know, did over I think like twenty five hundred dollars on a six thousand dollar goal in the first day for a first timer. I mean, it's a beautiful book. Yeah. It, they put together a, a great video. All the imagery looks gorgeous. I, I mean, it, you know, I'm yeah, proud I to mean, have, I, yeah. Yeah. Going through it. Some of the stuff looks great. Some of the stuff coming up too. I mean, are you in terms of your role? Like how, how hands-on are you in terms of checking out like what's coming in and reviewing some of the campaigns and whatnot? Do you have your hands in all of that or? Yeah. I, I mean, between myself and Eric, the two of us have, you know, nothing gets, nothing gets put on the site without us okay so yeah. you know and even when the time comes where we automate the, the entire platform and people can put their own stuff up we're still gonna like check everything because i'm gonna be open and honest like we don't want anything that's hateful misogynistic racist transphobic uh, uh, you know um homophobic you know filled with bigotry yeah. of any kind or you know that's gonna hurt somebody that's kind of the only criteria we have, I think, is okay. like just, 
just don't be a dick. Like it's not hard, <laughs> you know. Life is hard enough without having to uh, like deal with your shit. Pardon me if I don't even know if we're allowed to curse, but I don't know either. I'm I'm making up the rules as I go for this. Hey, so we'll... all right. Well then, <laughs> it, it's either gonna make it or it's gonna beep right there. Right. Yeah. We'll 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 see. Yeah, but I, some of the campaigns coming up look um look really good too. Uh, Veritas looks like another really uh really good one. So that looks exciting. Yeah, and then I'm gonna butcher the name of this other one now as well. The uh, Saturnalia Gambit. I think it's... you got it. The Saturnalia Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I went ah, you went a. So that's I, I wasn't sure. Oh, it sounded the same in my head. But <laughs> Saturn, Saturnalia, Saturnalia. But yeah, they, they all look cool. I mean, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It, it it really is. Stuff. Yeah, and this is the kind of stuff I'm into personally. So it's it's really cool to have this on the site. You know the, these self-contained stories or just like building a universe you know a chapter at a time it's exciting stuff and it feels really cool to be able to help people achieve their goals that's like the best feeling oh yeah i'm sure it is um and i i think um the more you see you know creators starting to use this and the the you know the bigger you guys uh guys will become um do you think you'll have to start having conversations if you reach uh, a certain point in terms of all right this is where we are in terms we can what we can handle or do you think you'll be able to expand you know fast enough depending on how many creators you get coming on board yeah i mean we we have plans in place we we know right. we, we understand how to scale this properly i mean we've done all the projections and and you know business models and and everything like that um we know what we have to do on the technology side. We know, excuse me, sorry. Um, I don't mean to interrupt this real quick. I just got a text super quick. I'm so sorry. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I have a, I have a background in startups, uh, it, you know, in creating businesses. So we really, we have a sure. plan. We, we know how to scale. We know the help that we need to bring in when we need to bring it in. Um, I'll, I'll say this as well. Um, we have a focus right now on comics and graphic novels, but we're having conversations outside of this category as well. So oh, okay. our overall, you know, like big, big vibe focus is really like anything uh, in the world of like geekdom and collectors and convention goers and fanboys, fangirls, and, you know, anime, manga, cosplay, you know, those types of people like we're not going to be doing some sort of automatic potato peeler or whatever products they have on other platforms but if it's in the world of like fandom pop culture that's kind of right. our our arena that we're playing in nice well i can't wait to see you know what's next for zoo um i i don't want to keep you too long i really appreciate your time and answering all my questions but yeah i i i I try to do a little bit of research on the people I'm going to interview, and I did want to, I did want to circle back to this and ask. So um, I, I want to, I want to just ask. So you, do I have it correct? You went to NYU, is that correct? I did. Wow, you went back far. Yeah. Well, yeah, Wait, I was. I was. Where is that was, online? Oh, that like, I have. Oh, my... I have. I can't. I can't give up my secrets. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so you went to NYU but, for music and business? Yeah, they, they had a, a music business program there. But okay. un unfortunately, I graduated a semester early, which no under normal circumstances would be great. 
But I graduated in December 2001 in New York City. If you do the math there, yeah, up until present day, like the worst time to graduate, right. you know, because everybody was just laying people off after 9-11. So yeah, that, that's exactly when I graduated. Um, oh, wow. Weird correlation between that and the path my life went on. Right. Otherwise, I would have just been, you know, on the business side in the music industry somewhere. But right. In, but instead, we're talking today. That's right. That's right. But in terms of a music background, you're a drummer. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. And now I wanted. Do you play other instruments? I play a little guitar, but I not, okay. not like a professional, not at a professional level by any means. I mean, just you know. Right. But in, but in terms of uh, you know living another life. Yeah. You were you've been a drummer for, um, Big Time Rush, uh, yes. the Nickelodeon four hockey players that that became a boy <laughs> band is that i i is that the plot of it it's a little i was a little we're the same we're almost the same age i'm a little older than you i think so okay i think i think big time i was out of nickelodeon when big time rush was on but um so sorry i missed it but you were the drummer for big time rush i was the drummer for big time rush uh and many other pop and rock artists before them um oh wow yeah, that was my last like professional gig as a musician. Um, because around that, I had just had a daughter, and in order to have a successful career, you know, as a touring musician, that means that you're sure. away from home all the time. And and I was missing my daughter grow up. At that point, I was still young enough to be like, all right, can I make a career switch here? And sure enough, that's you know, I did. Um, but yeah, Big Time Rush was my last like big professional gig as as, as a drummer. A lifetime ago, wow. I like to say. Yep. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's just it, it's just amazing that like when you start, you know, it's just not something that I ever expected. And I should by now, because when you, you meet someone new and you start digging into their, you know, their background and finding out about them, um, there's all types of different ways a life and a career can go. Um, you know, let me leave this on on like. I'm going to share something. I was I was a professional musician for 10 years, right? Which is like a really weird thing. It, it's not a typical uh, vocation or occupation. But what I realized is, and this is something for, for comic creators, right? This, is, this applies to anybody that is like in the, in the freelance creative world. I didn't realize it until I started my first business, but as an independent freelancer, you are an entrepreneur. You are in business for yourself. You are your own business. I never thought of myself that way, you know, as, as a freelancer, as an independent contractor. I never thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but all of those skills transferred over into running a business. I bring this up because there's a lot of comic creators out there, you know, that maybe sometimes feel like they don't have other skills or like maybe they're not well versed enough to go do something else or try something else but you have all the skills you just don't know it yet hmm. everything you do right now in terms of your hustle and networking and trading on your reputation and meeting deadlines and dealing with clients you have so many skills that you don't realize that you're using like every single day just in order to make comics uh and all that transfers over into so many other places so I say that just to give people who feel like they're pigeonholed or stuck somewhere, you're not. 
There's my soapbox. <laughs> no, that's uh, it's it's a pretty uh, nice soapbox to stand on there, Jordan. Uh, uh, well, I I won't keep you any longer. I really appreciate your time, and um, for for Comic Book Yeti, this is Jimmy Gasparro with uh, Jordan Plosky of Zoop. I encourage everyone check out the Zoop campaigns. Uh, Zoop.gg, right? Yeah, Zoop.gg. Please check us out. There is not an app, so it's uh, your laptop or your phone, you know, uh, mobile-friendly websites. Um, Yeah, support these creators. These are creators pouring their hearts and souls into all these books. They need your support. They thrive off of your support. So if you're into indie comics and supporting it, please. Uh, We have a lot of great projects. Zoop.gg. Check them all out. Support them all. Pick up some amazing stuff. All right. Um, thanks a lot, Jordan. And um, I haven't figured out a sign off yet, but uh, so uh, have a nice night, everyone. <laughs> this is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptic Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. If you enjoyed today's interview, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know everyone is enjoying the format and, more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks a lot for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.